Hello and welcome back to The Experience Makers, a podcast brought to you by Cognify, the WPP Marketing Technology Consultancy. I'm Gemma Milne, and once a month we'll be reimagining customer experience with guests from across the marketing technology industry. Today we're trying something a little different, and in line with government guidelines, The Experience Makers comes to you virtually. So bear with us if we sound a little different, but stay tuned and keep listening. We'll continue to bring you hot topic discussions once a month throughout the lockdown. This week I'm joined by two leading customer experience experts, Florian Diem and Kieran McCann, both strategists at WPP Experience Technology Supremo Cognified. There's a new holy grail in marketing, cracking the omnichannel experience. Consumers are shopping across a whole host of different channels and platforms, and brands need to respond with a seamless, joined up and often personalised experience wherever their customers are looking. Florian and Kieran are here to help me demystify what omnichannel really means and explore what brands can do to really deliver on that expectation. So before we get into the, the meat of the discussion, I would love for you both to give us a little introduction to who you are and what you do. Florian, let's start with you. Sure. Born and raised uh, in, in Germany, spent the first sort of 27 years of my life there. And then um, after finishing uni uh, and, you know, my first job, um, I decided to move to London about five years ago when I actually started working uh, for Cognified. Um, yeah, so been with the company for five years, um, very exciting five years, had the chance to work with uh, very exciting clients on very in- exciting problems. And yeah, as, as you mentioned, um, I work as part of our strategy department um, uh, as, a, as a lead consultant. Um, I've also recently uh, taken a bit of a, a focus on helping us grow in in the German speaking market. So that is also keeping me uh, busy at the moment. And yeah, uh, thanks for having having me on the show. I'm looking forward to, to our conversation. Thank you, Florian. Kieran, a little introduction from you. I actually started my career in the New Zealand wine industry of all things, um, then ended up uh, working in telecoms for 15 years. So very much on the, uh, on the technology and product management side. Uh, and I've been working for Cognified for the last four years. Um, my role covers a few sins. I look after the company strategy for Cognified, working as a consultant for Cognified, uh, helping clients to uh, reimagine the way they work digitally. And some of the areas I uh, help clients with are things like uh, success measurement, as well as trying to help them to align their digital strategy with their company strategy. Brilliant. Thank you both so much for that context. That's really useful. And um, I want to start with a what I think is probably quite an easy question, but maybe it's a bit a bit more uh, got a bit more to it than I think. What does omnichannel really mean, Florian? I'm going to start with you. Yeah, uh, it's funny that you say it's uh, it's an easy question because uh, for me actually I I'm I'm really struggling with with the the notion of like omni-channel as it has been uh, considered uh, for the last couple of years. I actually think that the the terminology of uh, omni-channel is a bit misleading, and I think has been misleading organizations over the past couple of years. So I just think that it's almost impossible to target and service customers across all channels. So what I think it needs as part of a definition 
as a bit of a reset and sort of like a prefix uh, to the notion of omnichannel uh, to include something like coherency or relevancy uh, in there. So um, I think, you know, there's there's very little organizations who will have the resources uh, and also the audience, to be honest, to tr truly need to be omnipresent everywhere, right? Uh, from their uh, communications to their offers, to their shopping experience, to their customer loyalty program, try really trying to serve all channels I think is impossible so I think it's then more a matter of trying to figure out which channels you you really need in order to serve your customers properly and then over time when you when you feel you've done the basics and you've you managed to serve your existing customers across the channels you currently have in a proper manner then when you grow organizationally in terms of your maturity, you can then start adding in uh, new channels. But that's just what I think. There's going to be very little companies that have a board and a set of shareholders that will be willing to hit, take the hit on margins to be become truly omni-channel across everything uh, that's possible. So that's sort of my, my take on it. But I think it's really important to, to emphasize that relevancy of the channel, the relevancy of your communications in those channels is, is even more important than just be simply omnipresent everywhere. Got it. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think that's kind of what I was alluding to when I say it sounds like a really easy question. You know, what is omnichannel? I mean, you just take the words omni, all and channel, you know, but as you say, it is much more complex, uh, much more complex than that. Kieran, what would you say is the benefit to customers or consumers of brands having an effective omni-channel strategy, whether it's about relevance or whether it is about just getting out into all the different places? Well, I think... Um... I think the first thing is uh, I'm probably going to chip in with the, with the focus on the the phrase omni-channel strategy. Omni-channel isn't a strategy in itself. So, you know, I hear the phrase omni-channel strategy as if being omni-channel is the outcome, and a channel strategy is not the outcome. A channel strategy is a means of execution of your business strategy. So. If your starting point is an omni-channel strategy, um, you're, you're probably starting in the wrong place because that can quickly lead you down the track of chasing every possible channel and trying to do everything over every channel for everyone. And I think uh, before you even embark on thinking about which channels you use, you need to think about what is the experience that you want to have for each group of customers that you want to serve? So different customers like to do things in different ways. Uh, we can't do it. We can't be brilliant at all of them. So I think it's what experience you want to deliver to whom and then working out which is the best way to do that. You know, I know there's a lot of focus on digital, but for some customers, you know, uh, an offline channel or a telephone channel might be the most appropriate channel for that particular part of an experience. So there's no hard and fast rule. I'm, I, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, actually. <laughs> no, no, I, th I think you are. I mean, you're making the point that, I mean, the benefit to consumers is that they're getting something that, that works for them, right? And that you have various different kinds of consumers that are part of your target audience and part of the community or audience or customer base that you have for your company. At the end, you don't want to leave people out. So it makes complete sense. Um, but I, I'm curious about this idea of like how you build the strategy and what that looks like. So, you know, one of the questions, I suppose, we're going to try 
answer in this podcast you know is is what do organizations need to do to to actually create this strategy what would you say is the sort of and we're going to get into a bit more detail but to begin what what's the sort of first question or the first kind of um what's the starting point for brands when they start to think about omnichannel i think the starting point is really trying to understand what your strategy is trying to achieve at a very at a very basic and simplistic level so there aren't that many things that um, businesses are trying to achieve. They're either trying to grow revenue, they're trying to become more efficient, they're trying to uh, engage customers so that they have better preference or that they have uh, a longer-term relationship with customers. There aren't that many things that you can do. And, and usually one of the first things I would do with a client is to talk to them about what their business strategy is really trying to achieve. And you'd be quite surprised at how often when you ask very fundamental questions about what are you trying to do as a business, how difficult those can be to answer. So um, I think if you, you can boil it down to some very simple principles about what you're trying to achieve for whom, that helps you clear the air. I think there are lots of different forces going on within businesses, different agendas and priorities, and it can be really difficult to sift through all of that because they, they kind of conflate with each other. And um, So being really clear about what your priorities are, and you might have several priorities, and then working through them to say, okay, which which of these things will be the most important? Kieran is making a really good good point. There is that the the actual goals that you know that organizations can achieve across like a sort of like a sales or marketing funnel are you know they're pretty common. The way, however, you execute against them, right, and what it means for you uh, as an organization, can be vastly different. But I think what it comes down to, right, if you if you think about from a funnel perspective, is really like at at the top and at the bottom bottom of the funnel, it's all about relevancy of communication offers. If you want to build awareness around your your brand and the offers you have, you need to be as relevant as possible to the right audience with the right message. And when it then comes to sort of like middle funnel where it comes around like the purchasing decision the shopping experience i think there it is really ubiquitous uh, convenience of those experiences right regardless if you're online shopping or prick and motor or uh, you know via any sort of other channel here what really is gonna you know you might consider like an effective strategy is i think vastly driven by convenience so whatever that means for organization you know relevancy on con conveniency i think those two however are two prevailing factors across the marketing funnel that really going to help you to make your channel strategy more effective love it okay let's talk a little bit about some of the current challenges that um that brands are having when they're when they're thinking about these these omni-channel strategies so first of all you know what kind of shifts are we seeing in consumer behavior and expectations obviously we're in a so-called digital world but um of course marketing stretches far beyond that um and it's also far differentiated within it so um maybe we'll start with you kieran tell us a little bit about some of the shifts in consumer behavior and the expectations that come with that I think it's probably not really a new theme, but I think one of the key things is that customer expectations in the old days, you used to be worried about who your immediate competitors in your industry or in your market were. And that's no longer the case because people are measuring their experiences by what everyone else is doing. And 
that's going to set expectations because you're now competing against everyone for the right experience. And I think that's the, the thing to always keep in mind. Amazing. Florian, from your perspective, you know, for millennials and Gen Z, you know, we talk about social media being the start of this buying journey for, you know, the, the inspiration stage for, for these people. What does this mean for brands? Well, I think the one thing companies always need to be aware of is they need to be able to identify and then engage with their customers wherever their attention is, right? And we all know that uh, specifically Chen said, you know, their uh, their attention is on platforms like Instagram or might, someone might even argue, you know, now TikTok because Instagram is more even, you know, for the older generation in, in that regard. So I think the challenge here might be that, you know, while you think you as an organization, why should you have a TikTok experience or, or strategy? Because at the moment, you know, those um, Gen Z consumers are might not be your customers yet. Well, the thing is, they might be, they will be in 10 years time, right? And I think it's important to sort of uh, understand uh, each and every generation, how they engage on, on the platforms that are relevant at that point in time and then also serve them at that point in time already, even though they might just become, you know, your actual customers in the future. So this is a really interesting one um, for me. And I, I can see, you know, my own behavior shifting over the years. You know, I think I'm I'm part of like the generation that the first social media generation, you know, we started with like MySpace, Quick, uh, then it came Facebook, then it moved into Snap, now into um, uh, Instagram. And you can see how, you, how your own behavior is shifting over the years right the three four years ago all was on facebook now you even i consider like okay facebook might be for the older generation so it's very interesting to see those shifts and i think also just to follow up on the on the question that um kieran answered i think the the, the common thing here is just everything is just shifting all the time you know new platform comes come in and become more relevant customer behavior is constantly shifting and and maybe you know this is me being a, a an older more cynical person and uh somebody who's uh, who actually just spent yesterday evening convincing my daughter that she doesn't need to be on tiktok um, I think one of the interesting things about particularly social media channels is if you look at the um, the length of the life cycles of different social media platforms, they're getting shorter and shorter. And there is a risk of chasing the latest channel. And, you know, I, I, you know Snapchat is now almost, you know, passe and, and an old thing. And now it's, it's TikTok, uh, which to me, is almost in, indistinguishable from from Vine uh, a few years ago, which was unsuccessful. And no doubt there will be another social media channel uh, within a, a few more years that, that will emerge as well. So I think we do need to be circumspect. And I, I think this comes back to being clear about who you want to talk to and what you want to say to them. And by all means, I think it's worth experimenting and seeing whether that channel is going to work for you or not but I wouldn't you know I wouldn't bet the farm on the the next latest and greatest channel is the thing to be on and that's going to solve all of your problems because in a year or two there might be something new so I think it's I think it's more about an attitude to being willing to experiment and trial and to fail and then to decide actually that didn't work for us but it's fine we we've tried and we found out that it didn't work or perhaps we learned 
that it works in these particular circumstances, but not these circumstances. So I, I wouldn't want to be totally wedded to a channel. And, and I think that what I see in quite a few marketing organizations is that they're still quite orientated around channels and they're quite organized around channels and they have teams that are channel specific. And I think that will probably have to change in a, an omni-channel environment. I think there's something to be said about the, how naturally a brand fits in with the channel as well. I think it's about being quite honest with yourself as to how, you know, how much a channel speaks to, to the audience that a brand is centered around. I mean, if, if your target audience is, you know, young teenagers or, or tweens or, or even maybe younger than that, for whatever reason, it you know, I would sort of argue that, well, why are you not already on there? I mean, TikTok is not new, you know, so I think it's if you're going, oh, TikTok is growing and some of our audience are now starting to discover it, maybe we should think about it. I would maybe challenge that and go, if you're not already on there and you don't already have people in your company that are spending time with these customers and, and already know that that's where they are, it's probably going to feel a bit like a leap. So tell us a little bit about what kind of technologies can help brands to aggregate data from these different channels, develop user insights and, and, and act upon them. Florian, let's start with you. So um, I think before we, we go into, you know, some of the technologies um, that that we see might might help to overcome the challenges or be, become omni-channel, I think it's, it's important to just reiterate why a lot of companies actually struggling uh, with this. And I think what we see is that for a lot of like legacy organizations, you know, and I, you know, I don't want to play any sort of buzzword bingo, but it's unfortunate that still, you know, 10 years later, we're still having the conversation about like, you know, technical and data related silos in organization. And a lot of this is due to the fact that, as Kieran uh, mentioned earlier, a lot of these organizations over the years have been growing by, you know, organizing themselves around a particular channel, right? So when retail started doing digital, they then had like a digital e-commerce channel team, sometimes even business unit that, you know, had their own budget, their own strategy, their own sort of procurement process and strategy around the technologies that they use. So just over the years, you know, they have been, they've been building up some, some organizational barriers. So the first one uh, is not a big of a surprise is, is your data foundation, right? So having technologies in place that will allow you to gather all the data that you um, uh, that you collect from your consumers across your different channels in like a central place that is clean you know and accessible to other tools which you then can use um, with i think the second part in the equation here is sort of like a decisioning tool right so which helps you to decide okay based on the data we have right and the insights we can extract from it what are we actually going to do with it so like a next best action product recommendation you know all that sort of stuff the third part is then actually all around designing your experience, right? So if you have the data, uh, you have made a decision, you then need to be able to use your your assets, your content, your copy, your videos, your you know your information from your product uh, management system, and so and so on, to design uh, almost in like an an at atomic way you know where you pull in together bits and pieces of an experience based on the data based on the decision you made to then uh, uh, use the the fourth part of the equation which would be like a distribution system to then send out those experiences um, uh, to your consumer 
maybe in real time, maybe not so much in real time. Kieran, I'd love to get your your insight, kind of developing that a little bit further. You know, give me some specifics. You know, we can talk about this from a high level strategic perspective, but it would be great to kind of hear a bit more about these te- these technologies. Yeah, I think um, so. Uh, usually, I would say the problem is not technology. I think if you look at the uh, the Martech landscape, there's last time I looked, there were like seven and a half thousand technologies out there and if there's anything you want to do there's not just a product there are dozens of products that will do it for you that's really not the important thing the important thing is how well you can string them together and um you know in in terms of in terms of practical practical dimensions i would say on on the data front you're going to start hearing or if you haven't already you'll start hearing a lot more about cdps or customer data platforms there's a lot happening in the space of data i think gdpr was one thing that uh, really did force some change in the terms in the way in which people uh, think about and use data another big change which will be coming up in the next uh, 24 months is effectively the 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 disappearance of third-party cookies. So, you know, Google, a lot of Google's advertising business has been built on, you know, using third-party cookies of all the sites that people have visited to profile their behavior and figure out what is the best thing to display in terms of advertising. And that's starting to move into digital experiences more generally. So using that customer data to be able to pull it together and and uh, figure out what is the next best thing to do when somebody comes and starts uh, consuming your experience. What, you know, what that means is, in practical terms, that uh, first-party customer data uh, is going to become more and more important because the more you want to make your experiences relevant, the more you will need to know about people um, in a way that they've consented to let you know. And that's the key thing. It's how do you engage somebody uh, with an experience or a proposition that makes them want to engage with you? And I think this is going to be a quite a challenge for a lot of brands because there are a lot of low engagement products out there, you know, soap or washing powder or what, whatever this is, you know, these things are. There are a lot of quite low engagement insurance. There are lots of low engagement products out there. And the way in which we are going to engage people to want to share and be part of what we're doing may not necessarily just be about shoving product at them or or reiterating a brand. It's going to be about giving people reasons to want to take part and, and provide a fair exchange for them to want to give you some data so that you can make the experiences better. Uh, and there's a fine line here, right, between, you know, always between you know, making a better experience and just being creepy. You know, I think what we'll start to see is people looking outside of their immediate brand or immediate product to find ways of engaging with people. You know, I think about um, Nike, for example, who they've taken on this whole um, the whole space of what it means to be an athlete and, you know, for them, an athlete is not just about, um, people who compete at an elite level. They've taken as an athlete as any one of us is doing anything, uh, in our lives to, you know, make ourselves fitter or whatever it is. And so I think finding new ways to engage with people and thinking about how that is going to 
give you the insights that you need to make the experiences better and more relevant. So in some ways, I think that's a lot more transparent. But by being transparent, you're going to have to create reasons for people to want to engage. It may be social matters or a community or whatever it might be, but giving people a reason to engage in order that they're willing to share information that improves your experience. I would also say think beyond just your marketing channels. So a customer data platform is about taking a full view of all of the interactions that your customers have with you. So if they're, if they're calling a call center or if they're participating in an event or if they're downloading some reading material or you know whatever channel, they're talking to a salesperson, it's being taking a much more holistic view of a customer engagement and bringing that information together to build a more complete picture of your customers. Let's move on a little bit to talking about some of the so-called latest and greatest technologies that are being talked about a lot um, that are you know seemingly come to disrupt the way we do marketing. We're talking about AI here, voice technologies. How do you guys um, kind of view these technologies? You know, are they going to really change things? And, and if so, how? Let's start with you, Kieran. Um, you know, we see we see always a conveyor belt of new technology, and um, that it's always interesting and thought provoking, and almost certainly they will change things. I think inevitably they always end up changing things in ways that we didn't necessarily anticipate. So, you know, if you think about voice, I think there was a lot of hype about voice a year ago, and particularly when, or maybe two years ago, particularly when. Uh, you know, Alexa was first launched and um, all this sort of the voice enabled home technology, people got very excited about it. I think it's becoming a bit more mainstream, but also it's changing the way in which people engage with the things they need. So, you know, I think it's less likely that people are going to engage around a specific brand in voice, for example, they, they might express a more generic uh, requirement. So, uh, you know, you've got to have to think about how your experience is going to you know, be part of that. AI, you know, obviously you can't go anywhere without anyone talking about AI and machine learning. Obviously that's going to have, uh, and already is having quite a huge impact. So just in, in some very, you know, probably quite small, it's, it's not the deep thought or howl type, you know, uh, omniscient AI technology that people think of. It's very simple tasks. And I think AI and machine learning are not substitutes for human beings. They are best used when they are enhancing what humans bring to a relationship with the customer. Um, but things like you, you're starting to personalize a website and you want to, you want to personalize an experience around uh, customer attributes and or the channel that you're doing it via. There are a whole load of very practical things that you need to consider. For example, when it comes to content, what image are you going to choose and why are you going to choose that image? And these are things that can't be done manually because they have to happen in real time. And things like image recognition and image cropping and cropping an image so that, you know, it's not just cropped equally on all sides that uh, it actually, you can recognize what the subject of the image is and it's cropped so that that subject is front and center in the image. These, this is all, 
you know, actually, although it seems quite straightforward and simple, it's things that we do, you know, almost without a second thought over a person for a machine, that's something that has to be learned. But if you want to deliver that in real time, then you can't do it without that kind of technology being in place. The other thing that's often overlooked also are, is things like regulatory constraints. So if you take vehicles, for example, in some markets, it's illegal to show an off-road vehicle actually going off-road. So if you've got a, a website that's serving you know, dozens of different countries, you need to make sure that whichever image you're displaying is going to be compliant with that local country regulation. So the, these, this logic has to be built in there as well. So I think it will make a huge difference in, in being able to deliver more personalization and, and more relevant experiences but it's not, it's going to be a gradual evolution. It's not going to be suddenly, you know, the world is run by robots. It's going to be gradual and necessary enhancements to be able to make these experiences more relevant. Florian, from your perspective, you know, we know that technology alone isn't going to, you know, solve the problem, right? So what kind of ecosystem do organizations need to create to ready them for this sort of omnichannel success beyond the tech? So I think one one of the first uh, things that organizations need to accept, um, and this is somehow related to to technology, is that when you want to do truly omni-channel, you know, marketing or have an omni-channel delivery capability in place, the the investment that you're gonna make is gonna be for sure a long-term investment it, if you see like you know that your investment into technology is going to give you very short-term um, uh, return this is this is not going to work so i think this is something that our organizations need to understand that when you invest in technology you know around like a customer data platform or content management system or whatever else it might be um, it, it is definitely something for the long term and you might not see you know positive roi for you know maybe a couple of years until uh, until it really kicks in. So I think this is just a, a mindset change uh, that this is something that will help you uh, to set you up for success in the long term. Secondly, I think, you know, we could, as, as Karen said, we can talk about technologies until um, probably the end of the day. Uh, however, it is only going to be one very small uh, piece of the puzzle. I think even more importantly is that after you've made that investment into the right technology, setting your organization, uh, your people up for success in actually leveraging uh, the new technology is, um, I would argue, even more important. And we've, we, we see that over and over again, you know, that the, the technology is like the, you know, we put this shiny new uh, piece of tech in place and that's going to solve our problem. Well, usually that doesn't work. It is really then about uh, driving organizational change, you know, um, uh, allowing your staff and your people uh, to take some time, you know, to be trained on, on that new platform. Maybe when it comes to omni-channel, I think a very interesting topic also to discuss is like incentives, right? So if, uh, if now customers can, um, you know, jump in between channels, right, where's the attribution going to take place? And how is the person who, uh, you know, stands in the shop and might have some incentives in terms of how many sales? Uh, they close in the shop going to be incentivized if they actually uh, encourage the customer to go back to the website and actually place their order there right so i think there's just a lot of things when you when you want to have that uh, uh, true omni-channel experience for uh, your customers you also need to enable uh, your employees to deliver against it and help 
break out some of those uh, boundaries and challenges that you might face just because you know you you've been growing as like a, a legacy organization i i can't sort of emphasize enough how much i agree with what florian just said i think um we do often see organizations who want to implement technology but they don't want to change and right from the outset that is a formula for failure um, if you are thinking about implementing new technology and it's not going to result in a new way of working it's going to fail i, I guarantee it uh, because the technology is only there to enable you to do new things and i would definitely say one of the big changes around uh you know it's, it's omni-channel and personalization they, these things get uh they're very closely related because it's about customizing what you're doing via various channels and the the marketing process and the the life cycle for content and the work that's done in in a marketing team changes quite radically in the old days marketing was a linear process you conceptualize something you wrote a brief you created content, you published it, maybe in a number of different places across a number of different channels. It sat out there, and then at some point you retired it, and that was the end of the process, and you started all over again. That's not how it works anymore. The way in which it works is you conceptualize something for, a, for some different audiences. You create various iterations of content for those different audiences via different channels at different stages in their life cycle. So already it's quite a lot more content. You publish it in different forms. You're personalizing it for, for customers. Then you're testing it to see how effective it was. Then you take your insights and you feed them back into the process again and, and start refining. And so the, the process becomes much more circular, much more iterative. And you're constantly evolving that experience. That places a lot of demands on uh, not just a marketing organization to work very well together. And, and really things like business process. So quite often you'll find a lot of marketing teams, things are done informally. I've, I've emailed something off or it's gone to legal. Um, the process needs to be very, very smooth and everyone needs to know their role in that process for it to run smoothly. Otherwise, it breaks down very easily. Um, I want to finish with really quick and short sound bites from the both of you, some practical advice. Um, what would be the sort of one thing you want the listeners um, listening to this podcast curious about or in the process of trying to formulate um, an omnichannel strategy? What would be the, the one thing that you would that you would want them to, to think or know um, when it comes to joining up the dots for their customers? Florian, let's start with you. I think it comes back to uh, what we discussed at the very beginning of, of the podcast. Uh, uh, it, uh, omni-channel uh, as, as a strategy as such is not really uh, going to solve your problems. It's really about going back to understanding what is your business strategy, where do we want to go, and then trying to figure out how the different channels for the different audiences, for the different goals across the marketing funnel uh, are actually going to help you to achieve those your overarching business strategy strategy right when it, regardless if it comes to building your brand equity driving top line growth becoming more efficient building more long-term relationship with your clients it's all around understanding this first and then breaking it down into the channels and then just to to you know the second bit is like 
and then make it as relevant and as coherent for your particular company and brand, the context of your brand, you know, that that is equally important. It's, it's not gonna, the goal cannot be to be just omnipresent, you know, with sort of like an okayish experience, rather be present at some, you know, very uh, crucial points uh, along the customer uh, life cycle and really excel there and really be coherent as, as relevant as possible. I think that would be sort of my, my take on it. Thank you, Florian. Kieran? <laughs> Florian, I mean, uh, Florian stole my thunder with that one because that's exactly what I would have said. So I'd probably go to my, if I was to make a second point, it would be don't just think about it as a technology problem. Um, it covers several areas. It covers, yes, the technology is important, but quite honestly, and maybe maybe because we're a technology company, we see it as being quite easy, but the technology is the least of your worries. The, the thing you need to be really conscious of and really work hard around is people. So do you have the right skills? Do you have the right people to be able to execute on this? And process, do you have the right ways of working so that those people can work well together? And then also, as we touch on data, so do you have the fuel to be able to make this process work? So if you go in thinking about it as a technology problem, you haven't understood what the problem is. Um, Florian and Kieran, thank you so much for joining us on the show, uh, even though it was virtual. Um, I'm glad that we managed to, to do this over, over the internet. Um, and thank you so much for your various insights. You've been listening to The Experience Makers, a Cognified podcast. You can follow us at Cognified on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram, or visit us at Cognified.com. Don't forget to tune in next time when we'll be talking about the increasing power that the influencer has over consumers. I'll be joined in the studio by Chloe Cox and Stacey Newman from Wonderman Thompson and asking how marketers drive their brand across a multi-channel strategy and whether they can trust external forces like social media to accurately reflect their customer experience. Thank you.